This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot. I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you. And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. Welcome to Twisted News. I'm Andrew, and today we're digging into a dark story about a man whom his community was the last person they thought would commit a heinous crime. And then we cover a family looking for a simpler life, to live off the grid, only to be faced with the harsh realities of nature. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number one, pastor arrested for murder of a young girl. It was a 48-year-old cold case that recently got solved, and the person responsible is someone you least expect, or perhaps if you watch this channel, maybe they'd be your number one suspect. This is the story of Gretchen Harrington, and the evil man who hid behind a robe and a smile. On a hot summer day, August 15th of 1975, in the Philadelphia suburb of Marple Township, eight-year-old Gretchen Harrington, a girl known for her infectious kindness and gentle soul, was attending her summer Bible camp at the Trinity Christian Reformed Church. 35-year-old David Zanstra served as the pastor there. The plan that day was simple. The young girl would spend the morning at the Bible camp and then get transported along with the other kids by Zanstra himself to a second church for the rest of the day. However, Gretchen never made it to the Reformed Presbyterian Church, and it would be Zanstra who reported to the police that the girl was missing. He had claimed she never showed up to the first church, and that he was concerned about her. Zanstra was a friend of the Harrington family, a large search effort was made for the girl with the pastor helping out wherever he could. Weeks passed, and then two months after she went missing in the early fall, her skeletal remains were found in Ridley Creek State Park nearby. The medical examiner said it was a case of homicide. The young girl had received two or more blunt impacts to the skull. It was Pastor Zanstra who presided over her funeral... That was nice. 
He continued playing the part of the family friend and helping the grieving community in their time of need. No one was ever caught for the murder, so slowly life in Marple returned to their regular schedule. But even the coldest of cases can find life again, and that's exactly what happened in this one recently. Because earlier this year, an anonymous woman, childhood friend of Zanstra's daughter, came forward and revealed a horrifying account. So she had found an old diary she kept, and she wrote in it once of waking up during a sleepover at Zanstra's house to find him inappropriately touching her. She confessed to the suspicion she harbored as a child, suspicion she noted and had wrote down that said, I think he might be the one who kidnapped Gretchen. I think it was Mr. Z. Back during the initial investigation, a witness had come forward saying she saw Gretchen talking to a man the morning she disappeared who was in a car that was similar to Mr. Zanstra's green Rambler station wagon. It was near the top of her road where she would have been walking to Bible camp. When police asked the pastor about it, he simply repeated that he had not seen the girl that day. And being a man of the cloth, they, of course, took his word for it. But putting all this together, police recently reopened the cold case, an investigation that led them across state lines. Zanstra, after moving from California to Texas, was finally arrested in Georgia by Pennsylvania State Police. When faced with the evidence, the old pastor crumbled and he confessed his unthinkable crime. Author Joanna Falcone Sullivan, who rekindled public interest in the case with her book Marple's Gretchen Harrington Tragedy, Kidnapping, Murder, and Innocence Lost in Suburban Philadelphia, said she recalled interviewing Zanstra noticing his frail memory about the events of that fateful morning. But now in hindsight, this could have been an early indication of his guilt. Now 83, the pastor will undoubtedly spend the rest of his days in jail. State trooper Eugene Trey, who reportedly heard Zantra's confession, shared, I don't know if he's sorry for what he did, but this is a weight off his shoulders for sure. This confession, while bringing long away to justice, still can't fill the void left in the hearts of those who knew Gretchen. Through it all, Gretchen Harrington's memory shone brightly. Her family stated, Even now, when people share their memories of her, the first thing they talk about is how amazing she was, and still is. At just eight years old, she had a lifelong impact on those all around her. Her legacy of kindness continues to remind all of us of the joy she brought into their lives. And now, finally, justice has been served. Number 2. Living Off the Grim The Vance family had a dream of a life removed from the stresses of modern society, and it appears that this is what may have led to their unfortunate demise. Just last summer, during the heart of the pandemic, Rebecca Vance shared her desire with her family to live off the grid. The world, she believed, had become chaotic and dangerous. Fears of the virus, political turbulence, and the constant bombardment of negative news had pushed her to contemplate a life away from it all. She longed for a land disconnected from the world, 
place where she could grow and gather her own food, and a haven where her teenage son could be happy and safe. I'm going to live off the land, Rebecca declared to her stepsister, Travala Jara. Despite Jara's concerns, Rebecca was resolute. And so she, along with her 14-year-old son and sister Christine, who decided to join them, headed off to Colorado in a noble pursuit, bringing with them only the bare necessities. They had moved from Colorado Springs up into the Rockies where they set up a simple tent at the Gold Creek campground. Without any cell phones or computers to connect them to the outside world, no one could contact them, and more importantly, they couldn't contact anyone should there be a problem. Fast forward a year to this past July when a hiker stumbled upon a grim discovery. The first body he found just before 5 p.m., the other two were discovered by authorities the following morning. They were so badly decomposed it was difficult to immediately identify them, but the campers were finally recognized as Rebecca Vance, her son, and Christine. See, they had run into a brutal winter that they thought they could make it through, but unfortunately, it proved to be too much for them. Michael Barron's, the Gunnison County coroner, said that likely malnutrition and hypothermia is what ended up killing them. Interestingly, it was revealed that Christine Vance initially had no plans to join Rebecca and her son. However, her protective instincts as the older sister kicked in and she decided to tag along, believing her presence would enhance their chances of survival. But even with the combined efforts of two adults, the family's attempt to sustain through a severe winter in the wilderness failed. The Vance family's dream of escaping the modern world to find tranquility ended up in tragedy. According to Barnes, the family had lived on soup and prepackaged food. What was left of the bodies were emaciated, and their campsite was laden with signs of their struggle against the biting cold of Colorado's winter. In the aftermath of their tragic end, Travella Jara spoke up, hoping their story would serve as a cautionary tale for others contemplating a similar lifestyle. She remembered her sister as a woman who had a heart of gold, and her nephew as a smart, caring boy who was excited to follow his mother's dreams. I know this world is scary, Jara said, her voice heavy with the weight of her loss, but don't let that fear and that doubt All of that take over. So there were a couple of the scariest and strangest news stories that we have for you guys today. If you like this episode and want more, subscribe to us over at buzzsprout.com to show support and receive one bonus podcast every single Thursday. Link is down in the description and you can cancel anytime. There's no commitment. Your support is much appreciated. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Take it easy, and I'll see you soon.